0: Two chocolate cakes is a story of two cakes, bookended at the beginning of one life and at the end of another, and all the culinary and emotional layers in between those moments. Quintana Roo's Tofu Scramble. We lived in Portland for just over one year. We went out with these great intentions and plans, and the first few months were pretty good, probably because it was sunny and dry until October. We both had jobs which kept us busy. So busy, in fact, we rarely saw each other. I commuted to my job at Columbia Sportswear at 6.30 a.m. and returned at 4 p.m. Patrick rode his bike to the restaurant at 3 p.m. and came home around midnight. When we did have time off together, we went to the Fertile Valley and got these gigantic apples the size of our heads and 10 pounds of cherries, and we went walking through the many incredible parks in Portland. I loved Portland with all of its green places and mix of old and new architecture and the little restaurants and brew pubs, and the beer was so good out there. Patrick went mountain biking during the day before work, and I went out exploring Portland at night after work. I made lots of friends at Columbia and was fully staffed with energetic and athletic people my own age, and we often went out after work to play pool or darts or trivia. And while there were definitely some things missing from Portland life, like my sister and her new baby, Italian bakeries and decent bagels, I settled in easily and happily. Even work was fun. While I had a monster for a boss who was one of those women who seems to just hate other women and who gave all the credit for my work to my male colleague, who was horrified by that and corrected her at every turn, which is what a good male ally is supposed to do, I was often lent out to other departments and got to do all kinds of interesting special projects. I learned about market research and marketing, troubleshooting the manufacturing process, and just figuring out stuff without having any experience except common sense and the ability to listen to other people. And the work that I did there bolstered my resume, which you'll remember is lacking a bachelor's degree. It felt great to be respected, for the most part, and not have to make photocopies and order textbooks or type up someone's chicken scratch handwriting notes all day, every day. Patrick, on the other hand, was not having the same social or career experience. He was not well-liked at the restaurant because he was a taskmaster, and even though he worked hard at making friends, he only succeeded in making vague enemies. He wasn't ready to quit the restaurant, though, so he just worked more hours, put in more time. His usual easygoing demeanor changed, and after a few nights of coming home to an empty apartment, his mood soured. He drank a lot, and he started smoking pot again. On the nights he got home before me, he stayed up and gave me a big speech about how I should be home waiting for him. I did not buy it, but I did try to make things better. I invited him out with my work friends, but he wasn't interested in them. I stayed home from work when he got an intestinal virus and was lying on the cold tile bathroom floor, crying and barfing at the same time. I made him plates of saltines and endless glasses of flat ginger ale for two days and nights, but when I inevitably got it a few days later, he was nowhere to be found, out on his bike. I started making my own plans. Late that fall, on a day trip out to the coast, I told him I was leaving, moving out, getting my own place. I told him he could hold on to the cats for the time being, but that I was going to take the TV and the VCR and the car. The cats needed a stable place to live. He pulled the car off the highway and vomited, saying he had no idea. What was I thinking? Why would I be doing this? I calmly told him that the relationship simply wasn't working for me anymore, and that I decided I didn't want this life if it meant that we spent all of our time sniping at each other. It seemed like such a waste of time and energy. I'm not sure where I got the courage to make this move. Maybe it was all the fresh air, or the beer, or the rain. Patrick hated all that rain. On New Year's Eve, two friends helped me move to my new place. I took my clothes and my futon and my sewing machine. Everything else stayed but was packed neatly in boxes since Patrick was moving the next day to a smaller apartment in the building. I sat on a milk crate and sniffled a few tears as the last load was put into Todd's truck. I left the place dirty, figuring that Patrick would clean it up, but he was too hung over the next day and I had to come back and do it anyway. My new place was exactly 20 blocks away, a small ramshackle bungalow sitting on a little promontory that overlooked Providence Hospital. It had the look of a house that could be effortlessly blown over in a stiff wind. The irony was not lost on me that I had moved all the way across the country just to live in the light of Providence. The house's front porch sagged badly and was decorated with macrame hanging pots and other bits of pottery and glass. There was a hammock, but it wasn't really safe to swing on, and there was a front porch, front yard for gardening, which is what sold me on the place to begin with. Mark, whose name I've already forgotten, was my new roommate. He had lived there with his girlfriend, but she had moved out so she could get some space from him, not unlike me, and I had moved in, and within two days I was settled. I had my own voice mailbox on the answering machine, and half the fridge was designated for my food. Mark's husky- Quintana Roo, whose name I do remember, accepted me into the pack freely and slept outside my door on the nights when Mark worked late. It was so easy to move out. Mark worked in a nonprofit job which furthered the cause of bicycling commuters in Oregon and had a part time job at the local NPR affiliate. He was heavy set and suit and always smelled of earthy and damp, and he was smart and funny and unobtrusive and respectful was exactly the kind of roommate I needed at the time. The house was old and drafty, and during the time I was there, I was perennially cold. Portland winters are pretty easy on someone who comes from New England, but that damp air in the house left me chilled to the bone. Todd bought me an electric blanket as a housewarming gift, and under that blanket I stayed for the duration of my hiatus there. Patrick was allowed to visit, and he eagerly began courtship rituals to win me back. He sent flowers to my office and bought dinner over more than once. There were rules, though. He couldn't eat meat in the house because I had gone vegetarian out of respect for my roommate. And plus, when you're married to a chef, you never really learn how to cook meat properly yourself. And he wasn't allowed to leave anything behind. He even had to pack out his to-go containers. He didn't have overnight privileges either. Occasionally, I stayed at his place, and I often stopped by to visit the cats after work and to check my email. But he was always at work. Patrick did his laundry, he made the bed, he kept his apartment clean, and the cats were well cared for all of the things he seemed incapable of doing when I lived there. He worked hard at getting back to being the person that I fell for at that party in Providence. I thought maybe there was hope. We talked about the future and even went away together for a week of skiing. My sister had given us her timeshare at a mountain resort as a wedding gift, and if we didn't use it that winter, we'd lose it. And so we rented a car with a ski rack, left the cats in the care of our neighbor Debbie, and went on vacation together from our separate residences. On that week away from Portland and our jobs and all the distractions, we decided we'd go back to Rhode Island. It was harder than we had ever anticipated being away from our families and friends and all of the familiar things like bagel shops and good dry cleaners and a decent Italian bakery. We made plans to talk about it during the spring and make a plan for the summer and make a move that made sense for both of us and our careers. But Patrick called me from the hospital a month later. He had pneumonia and was admitted to the hospital for five days and was out of work for almost a month. I moved my things back over to the apartment and cared for him while he recovered. He worked a half-hearted month of May at the restaurant, but was done with Portland, and he gave his notice. Two weeks later, he flew back to Rhode Island and stayed with friends. He already had a job as a sous chef at a hot new restaurant and was very excited to start. He picked up where he left off writing for the local paper and started playing music again. The plan was for me to stay through the summer and into the fall while he set up the apartment back in Providence, and then he'd fly back and we'd drive home. We arranged to move back to the same little attic apartment that we had left the year before, and I looked to at the university to work as a secretary again, but in a different academic department. But By the end of July, I felt like a ghost at work. Everyone knew I was leaving soon, and all the choice assignments were given to someone else. So by the end of August, we were on the road with the kiddies riding shotgun, and we drove straight to Kay's house to celebrate my niece's Alice's birthday. We parked a truck on the street, and I ran up the driveway into the arms of my family, and I got to meet Alice for the first time. Then we drove to Providence and resumed that old life again, like that year and two months across the country had never happened. Quintana Roo's Tofu Scramble Four eggs, one half cup cubed tofu, firm, one small bunch of broccoli, chopped peppers, chopped mushroom caps, three tablespoons milk, shredded cheese, salt and pepper, hot sauce, optional. Scramble the eggs with milk, add peppers, mushrooms, and cheese. Throw in tofu, but don't mix it too much or the tofu will get chopped up. You want it to stay cubed so you can find it in the scramble later on. Add salt and pepper. Cook in a medium hot skillet, scraping constantly so nothing burns. Put it on a plate. Eat around the tofu. Put the plate on the floor and the dog will eat the rest. Thank you for listening. For more information about the recipes you've heard here, including author notes, photos, secret tips, and more, please visit twochocolatecakes.com. That's 2, the word 2, chocolatecakes.com.